babbling brook or something. And then uh, the sound becomes all directional in a way, and there's no sense of you hearing it. Yeah? There's just the hearing of it. You ever have that feeling? Yeah, just like maybe this music. That's just, that's what it's like in a way. The emphasis shifts, so it's like that, that stabilizes. Yeah? So everything isn't greeted as you receiving it and you giving it forth, but just the receiving and a giving forth. Yeah? The emphasis is off the you, but then it's the sense of the movement. Yes? Receiving and giving forth. Just like if when you're listening to water, you can't really locate where it's coming from, the sound. And it's sort of, it's just, it overrides your fixed location, yeah? You just, it's not you hearing the water, it's just sound, yeah? And at, at that time, it's, it has a very nice seeming effect, yeah? There's a sense of, there's really a sense of your absence, really. <laughs> As, as a self, that's what you're. That's what you're really feeling, and that's what most of us are, are, are seeking and rushing for as a self to get. We're wanting to have the, the feeling of being absent, but we want to be there to get it. You know, it's just a, it's a really strange dilemma because <laughs> I'm never going to be there to experience my own absence. It's not going to happen. But you know, the water rushes and it overrides that fixed location, and there's just a sense of, you know, you're attracted to it. I find I am, you know. The mind wants to go there, yeah. And uh, that's what it's like, but it doesn't have to be the sound of running water. It's, it's just entertaining the possibility that you're not that fixed location, and the emphasis of mind, the emphasis, which is your interest and attention being held in a certain direction or a certain way, gets loosened, and the interest and attention now is interested in attending the space that you are instead of the object that's appearing in the space that you think you are. That's what it's like. So the emphasis, we get these examples or samples, free samples through hearing beautiful music or whatever, whatever triggers it for you. Those samples, if let to be as they are, they can get through. Of course, the self who wants to rise up and claim it and say, I'm the one who sensed my own absence. You know, I'm the one who had this incredible experience of me being absent. You know what I mean? But you can also see that. And it's just like the running water, really. It's just like the sound, really. It's just the sound has a, a flavor of being about you that, that changes the note, yeah? You're keen on hearing that tune, the conditional mind. It, it picks up that one note, me. I, me, my. But when that, if I'm not that, and this is all that need is needed is the possibility, because most of us aren't entertaining that possibility. It never really comes from the system itself. I had to hear it from outside. You know, it didn't come from the inside out. I heard it from somebody, and they said, "Hey, you may not be that." You know, instead of why are you looking for another medita meditation technique? Why not ask who's the meditator? You know, let's question who's needs another technique. And that one little like invitation changed the direction of my attention and interest. Instead of coming out of a, of a reliable source that's not reliable, it questioned that source. It just started to look at, hey, who is that that has this drive to 
meditate better. You know what I mean? What, what the, what's that all about? And that little, and then when it landed on the possibility, I'm not that, and entertained it, it became so to it. It's already so, but it became so to it. And then the emphasis of mind shifted and stabilized, yeah? So it takes itself now to be nothingness instead of a thing. And so what reinforces and all about being a thing, it's lost interest in. That's it. It didn't have to slay the dragon or, or build up a giant wall or kill it. It was just a loss of interest. It just, it's just not interested in it. Yeah? And it's, it's in that lack, it's lack of interest for that, that your life is filled with interest in space or nothingness. Yeah? And that's the walking presence. That's like the atmosphere that you appear in. It's really that simple. And then it can play out a lot of ways, and it'll, it'll express a lot of different ways. But the basic uh, like foundation is a shift of emphasis. What was emphasized, and especially as you, or about you, isn't emphasized as you anymore. And now the pointing, the attention and interest, is also you. So while the seeing is going on, it's not that it implies a seer, it's the seeing that you are. So every moment of being conscious or aware is the demonstration of what you are. Every moment. It doesn't, it's not used to imply that there's a stationary seer or a doer or a haver. It's the seeing and in the moving and in the doing you get the sense of the stillness. You get the sense of what's so. Yeah? And that sort of dyes you in a way, like a cloth. It's sort, of, it's sort of like a canvas that there's no paint being applied to, but it leads out, out from the canvas. In other words, the, the paint canvas is the possibility for the painting to appear. It's not being painted on the canvas, but the canvas allows a certain painting to appear. It like bleeds through. And in that bleeding through, in a way, as a living action figure, you find out. You get a message about what it is that's not conceptualized, that's not spiritualized, that's not scripturized. It's like an unspoken yes in your own gut. Yeah? And that's a very convincing gets convinced without the possibility of being unconvinced. Yeah? This is always binary. Yeah? It can be thoroughly convinced one minute and unconvinced the next. This is nothing to be relied on. Yeah? It's shifting ground. It's yes and no, good and bad, high and low. It's split. There's no rest. One aspect may be resting, the other's agitated. Yes? There's no way you can rest there. No way the mind can rest. This is seeing that you're not. The emphasis leaves that little basis of self-centeredness and now finds rest in, in the movement, the seeing, the being, instead of the implied beer, seer and doer. Yeah? And then the doing isn't cast as of somehow a way to achieve, but a form of expressing. That's what it is. Everything is a form of expressing. 
in selfing it's cast as a way of doing to get. In this other sense, it's a way of expressing what need, never needs to be done, really. It's just, it's sort of cool. Yeah? And whatever beast you may think you are can get tamed by that, yeah? The shift of mind. All the effects that are happening, I think, reverberate from the center of that, the identification as a self. When the center is pulled out, that water, that all of its currents are based on the rock it's moving around. When the rock's pulled out, the water flattens out, the currents stop, and now it has a pure reflection. Yes? You put a rock in it, it creates eddies, stagnation, possibilities of a lot of currents, because now the water's moving around that immovable object, that rock, that identification as, that noun. If that noun isn't truly a noun and it pulls out, the water takes on its own course, yes? It seeks its own source. It starts acting as water would act, yes? Flowing freely. It's the same saying. You're not that rock. You're not an island. Nothing stems from you or goes towards you. There's just a constant flux of moving, wrapped in the context of seeing. And all I see is what I'm not. And it's the seeing of that that I am. Yeah. So I'm sitting here, I'm seeing a lot, and I'm none of it's me. <laughs> and in that, that's me, in a sense. Not me as me, but you know, I am that seeing. Yeah. Never ending, no break, no, no suspension, no detour. Just a never-ending, like an echo of an unspoken yes. Mind says yes, no, maybe all day, just but reverberating a yes. And, uh, it finds rest finally. And once it finds rest, you'll know the problem by the solution. You may have all these stories of why you're like that or like this, like that, but I'll tell you, when the problem recedes or is seen as imaginary, you'll know it by the solution. And the solution is that the problem's imaginary. That's the solution. Yeah. If it was real, it would have taken time. It will take time to deal with it. But it's not real. So it takes no time to deal with it. So if you apply time to it, you get engaged in it. Yes? Timelessness is the key. we were talking at the end of the last meeting, I don't believe you're ever going to go from two into one. Just like we try to do it with, in sexual practices, they think the two will get together and then explore and become one. But all that happens there is the absence of the two, which was inherently the case. You feel like you were one, and but immediately is claimed as a two-ness. Oh, I felt one with you. <laughs> so now you're obsessed with that one that you felt one with. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is a different way. If I see from two, to two is never going to go to one. But if you're not two, that's one. I would say I don't even like the word one. I like none. 
I think there's none without a first, not one without a second. I think there's none without a first. <laughs> Seriously. I think it's nothing. No thing. Yeah? No thingness. No. <laughs> and I'm no thingness is the seeing right now. Well, could it not be? <laughs> the only else, the only one else it could be was me, <laughs> and that's obviously not so. Like Huang Po said, a great Chinese Zen master, he says, "Whatever can be perceived can't perceive." Yeah. So whatever is can be felt can't be the feeling. What's feeling? Whatever can be heard can't be the hearing. Yeah. You can't. You cannot hear what's hearing. You cannot feel what's feeling because it can't be perceived. Yes, it's no thingness. <clears throat> so let the invitation in, or not. It's in already served like a spiritual subpoena already. It's already done. <laughs> like Ramana says, your head is in the tiger's mouth. It's already a done deal. You just don't think so. <laughs> and let's let it, it's taking its course, just like for you today. I'm sure you weren't expecting to come here, and yet it, that's where you've ended up. So This is what happens. You see, you see a larger choreography in the little affairs here. Yeah? You get glimpses that I seem quite magical in a way. And you get, this thing can't reveal itself, but it can intimate. It intimates. Yeah? Like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by the fruit. Yeah? So by the fruit, you'll know the tree. So this way, you see its expressions, and then it intimates where it's from. Yes? That's the beauty of here. You know, all these little miracles can happen. All these strange little occurrences, all these very unusual getting-togethers. Yeah? They're all just a lovely little intimation or a whisper of something, you know, or actually no thing. And it's so nice to have your ear keen to that, so when it's said or seen, it's, you pick it up. And at that moment, there's an erection of an, a living temple. Right in that moment, you're on sacred ground by the honoring of it. Yeah? Instead of bypassing it so much and getting into the train of self again, you know? Oh, I've had this happen before. <laughs> you know, got to go to a bigger one. <laughs> you know? no, this is about if anything ever occurs with you, honor it at least. When that pause occurs, honor it. You know? Everything else is being honored in the in the, the you know the adoring of selfing, all these past events that you think you did, and all these memories and regrets and everything are constant altars to pray at to the God of self, yeah? When that absence is revealed, or drops in your life, honor it. I mean, at least. Honor it. And it tends to sort of respond. You'll become, your eyes will be picking up more of it, yeah? You'll see its effects deeper in a way, in your little activities, and in other people's activities. It's like you'll see the unseen hand in a way, yeah? And it's lovely. It's lovely to pick it up. Well, we're so busy looking at things, it's nice to sense no-thingness. There's no, no-thingness at play, in a way. Yeah? yeah. How can you not? You are of no-thingness. How can you not sense it? How can you not pick it up? How can you not sense 
the fullness of what seems to be absent, you know? How can you not sense the fullness of space if we are that? Are we so enamored with being a thing that we've forgotten that, you know? That we can't pick that up, that we call it nothing, we call it airy-fairy, doesn't mean anything, it's no real, no nothing, it's not solid. You know how our eyes have been that distorted by those glasses, those bifocals, those dualistic glasses of subject-object that we haven't, we can't pick up thingness, no thingness anymore. We can't sense the presence of our own nature. You know. Yet we're totally immersed in it and enveloped in it. Context is ne- the content is never leaving the context, never. Yeah, it's just appearing in the content. Yeah, it appears in the context as content, but it can never leave the context. Yeah, the context is like the water the fish is in. Yeah, the water the fish may not even know it's wet yet it, because it's been wet constantly. Yeah, it only is, it only realizes it when it's too late when it's pulled up onto the boat. And now it's out of its medium and it's flapping like crazy. And it wants to get back at all costs to that. Yeah? We're sitting here, wet as hell, living as if we're dry. You know? And then talking about finding wetness. <laughs> and then judging who's the most wet or who's the least wet. You know? I know you got in some water yesterday. What did you do to get there? How, how did you stay in so long? You know what I mean? <laughs> We're drenched. <laughs> but not as a thing. Yeah. The emphasis moves from thingness to no thingness, and things see, are seen differently. Different eyes, like Jesus says, you know, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. What's the difference? Did you get new eyes and new ears? No. It was a shift of mind, yeah? So you had the eyes to see and hear. The song of no-thingness and the vision of no-thingness, yeah? To me, that's what mind is. It's seeing nothing all the time. It never alights on an object, so it's infinitely seen, yeah? There's no parameters where it ends. It just sees. It's seeing. It's a constant seeing, yeah? That's what I would call the thingness of that space, is verb. It's constantly being. How can it not be available to us? We share that aspect as being going on. We're on. How can that not be part and parcel of onness? How could it be distinct from onness? Can we actually have this everywhereness and call it a special somewhere? Can we put build a gated community of it around it and say, I want to have an experience everywhere and I want to bring it back to this special somewhere? Or is the gated community and all these little ideas just made up and there's no distinction, no separation everywhere. There's no place to enter everywhere or leave it. There's no point to start to get to everywhere and there's no point that you could start to leave everywhere. Every point on the way would be everywhere. I mean, how much is needed to become convinced. 
Who's demanding an experience of it? Who's going to be able to recognize when it's happened to them? Who's going to put the marker down and say, okay, that is done and now this is so, when all there is is this is so? How much more time is it necessary for us to get prepared for it? conditions on an absolute. It either is or it isn't. In that absoluteness of mind, all movements lose the ability to fool you. All movements of mind don't fool that because that stillness is supreme. So the feeling of remembering it and then forgetting it and getting caught up in something that caused me to forget it, all of those are mental gymnastics occurring, mental states arising, yes? Mental states arising. They have not, nothing to do with the seeing. The seeing is not affected by any of them. It's like that open sky type mind. The sky, when most people look at the sky and describe it, they're describing clouds, really. They're describing what's appearing in the sky. Yeah? Or if you go to a movie, who starts clapping after the movie stops for the screen? Who says, I oh, a lovely screen. Yet the screen is what allowed all of those types of movies to appear, and yet no acknowledgement of that. It's always the attention on the appearance. But the screen is what allows it to be so, yes? The context is allowing all of this content to arise, and yet how much honoring of the context is going on? And how can you honor context as a self? Is to entertain and realize you're not one. That's the honoring of it. To give up this desire to become. It's not even a giving up. Just see its unfulfilled nature, the desiring to become a self will never complete itself. It can never be a self. It can never reach climax, in a sense. It will constantly be in the act of desiring to become, to become, to become, to become, to become. All of that is like explosions in the sky. None of those explosions rip the sky open. None. After 4th of July, when the explosions happen, the sky isn't crying for the next two days. It's not bleeding. It's not ripped open, is it? All the birds that have ever flown through the sky, not one, one feather that that bird lost ever landed in the sky. Not one. They landed on the planet, on the earth, on what appears. All the planes that ever rode through that sky never called the terminal and said, I ran into a big chunk of sky up here. What am I supposed to do? Yeah? Everything comes and goes. Everything comes and goes and leaves no effect on it. That's like mind. That's what like mind is. Yeah? 
It allows everything to arise and to appear, and yet what arises and appears has no effect on it. No effect on it. In fact, from the sky's point of view, it's unreal. Something that has absolutely no effect is unreal. In Buddhism, they say, ordinary mind and enlightened mind are the same mind. It's just a shift of emphasis. That's all it is. If there's an emphasis on the idea of being a self, that you could call ordinary mind. If the shift of emphasis is freed from that, the emphasis shifts, that's enlightened mind. It's the same, same mind. Ordinary mind is not going to produce enlightened mind. Yes? It's just a state of mind. It's just a possibility. If identification as a body takes place, that state of mind called ordinary mind becomes a possibility here in the appearances. And yes, it becomes a possibility. From, from what's appearing, it seems as real as real can be. Just like the dreamt object is going to be scared of the dreamt tiger. No matter how many books about tigers it reads, it's still going to be inherently scared of that tiger because it doesn't see it as a dreamt tiger. It sees it as a real tiger because it doesn't see this as a dreamt object. It takes this to be the real object. If this is begotten into reality, you are real to me. Yeah? If this is real, everything else here appearing is real. And to try to make things unreal out here while this stays real is like pointless. But what happens if this may not be real? What do you do about that dreamt tiger when you wake up from the dream? Nothing. It's not initiating any, any effects. It's unreal to you. Yes? Inherently unreal. You can put all the books down and everything like that. How long does it take to wake up from a dream? And then when you wake up from the dream, in my sense, there's no way in hell you could ever believe you could fall asleep in a dream. What falls asleep ain't you. That's the truth. Yeah? There may be the appearance of falling asleep, but it surely ain't you falling asleep. Yeah? If you're hoping this is going to side with your desire to be quote-unquote awake, forget about it. It likes an awakening that can be lost or had. It doesn't like an awakening that is. It can't make anything out of that, yeah? If it can be lost or gotten, it likes it. It's interested in that because in that activity, it has a desire to become. I can become awake and then I can have this incredibly unbelievable event that I lost it. What did I do to lose the awakeness? And of course, the feeling, I'll never get it back. It's like, what would hell be but knowing God and then having no recourse ever to know it again, yeah? That would be hell, wouldn't it? If you had this sense of, oh, I knew God, but I'm never going to be able to know it again, that would be hell. <laughs> These are the mental hells that are made every day. I had a friend of mine who uh, tried to kill himself in Australia, and I remember he, he was going out with this lady for a couple of years, yeah? 
I would say the most it was benign indifference. He really wasn't attending to her much and everything. So it took a bit, you know, took her for granted, let's say. Then she made a decision to leave. The day she left, it finally dawned on him that she was the source of all, all his happiness. <laughs> While he was living with the source of all his happiness, he wasn't drinking from that source whatsoever. He was looking at other sources probably quite a lot. But as soon as the source of all his happiness left, he suddenly realized, just suddenly, it was amazing timing, that's the source of all my happiness, and I'm never going to be able to be with her again. What an exquisite suffering was produced, yeah? You watch, watch your head. It very really wants what it has. It's always wanting what it doesn't have. And then when you get it, you don't seem to really want it that much. <laughs> but it's so beautiful, the suffering that can be produced when you don't have something you really want. <laughs> I used to do this old one. I like this one. The old story about a couch. Very simple story. Yeah. I'm sitting in my little room, my little one-bedroom apartment, and uh, it doesn't have a couch in it, yeah? And I'm having, I'm feeling quite good. I'm enjoying myself. And then I get a magazine, and it has a beautiful layout of a couch, yeah? So my mind looks at that and says, man, I bet you my life would be different if I had a couch in this apartment. And now suddenly I'm looking around, and because the room's couchless, I'm very disappointed, you know? This isn't enough for me. And my mind's running the idea, I bet you I'd meet my wife and we'd conceive our first child if I had a couch, on the couch, yeah? <laughs> my whole life would be spinning out of this couch. It's very important. So now my mind says, okay, that's what I need. I need a couch. But what it does is it verifies the fact that it's in a couchless state, yeah? So now it's moving towards the couch. It's like a, it's like a, that, it's like a mythical there. When I get there... It will be so great, yeah? So now, every moment that you're here is invalidated because it doesn't have the couch in it, yeah? In a sense. So you're moving towards the there, and you're very excited, and you're telling other people how much you want this couch, and it's going to be delivered this one day, and you're calling people up, and they're not that excited because they've been through this little couchless thing, and couch thing, and they're going, okay, it'll be great, man. Invite us over for dinner or something someday. No, no, come. I want, to, I want you to see it come in. Wait, it's going to be great. It's, they'll be here at 1 o'clock. So you're waiting, 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 waiting. And so the couch is finally brought to you, and it's brought in, and it's put down, and there's a great mental exhilaration. I got the freaking couch, yeah? But as soon as that mythical there is brought into the house, it becomes here. And now you're looking around thinking, I need to get matching rug. I need to get a lamp that goes with it. Immediately, the mind presents another there, Right? And in the hopes of that there, you don't realize it's a denial of the here. And now you live in denial or in withholding to this moment because you believe that moment in the there will be great and will make up for every other moment that wasn't so great. This is mind. This is the mind's desire to become cast into time. Yes? It's never going to fulfill itself. It can't be. It cannot be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It's mind. It's seeing. It can never become what's looking. Yeah? It can never become the false subject of self-centeredness. It just can't do it. 
Yet the mind doesn't want to admit that and keeps desiring to become. I will be okay. I will arrive. I will, I will, I will. Or I was, I was, I was, I was with the hopes of I will be again. And on and on and on and on and on. See it. Just see all the all of it is in the seeing, and I sense that if there's seeing going on, there'll never be a moment that anything ever appears behind the seeing. Nothing will ever stand behind the seeing. Nothing has its seat behind the seeing. Nothing. Yeah? The seeing is is it. The seeing is the alpha and the omega. The seeing is where everything begins from and ends. It's the seeing. So there's an old Indian story that I use from uh, Papaji, but it's probably way older, which is that lion and the sheep thing, yeah? So there's a lion, uh, a lion uh, mother and a cub. And the lion mother gets killed, so the cub is orphaned. And the cub's running around, doesn't know what it is, not being taken care of. And he sees this sheep herd, a herd of sheep come by. So it runs after the sheep, and the sheep know it's a lion, and they're a little afraid. But then they realize the lion doesn't know it's a lion. So the lion ingratiates itself with the herd and sort of, wants to be adopted by the herd of sheep. So now it takes itself to be a sheep, and it's trying to be the best sheep it can be. Yeah, it's, it's barring, but it's, you know, it sort of sounds like a roar, and it's straightening its hair. I mean, it's curling its hair, you know. The mane has to be, you know, like a, you know, what do you call those things, a perm, you know. Get that down, and it, it's trying to show interest in who's going to be the next sweater, you know, when they're sitting around talking about everything. But it's not really... Its heart isn't in it, but it doesn't know what else to go. It has no other idea. So one day a big old lion comes into the area looking to eat something, sees the herd of sheep and starts chasing the sheep. And it's, it's, and then he sees this other lion running, and it thinks the young lion's joining it in the hunt, but then it sees the lions running with the sheep. And it goes, what the hell's going on? So it veers off from the sheep at once and Gets, goes, runs after the young lion. As he gets close to the young lion, the young lion rolls over on its back and says, Please, Mr. Lion, don't eat me. I'm just a humble sheep. Now it's very perplexed, the old lion. And so it just grabs the young lion, takes it to this pond of water, and sticks its head over the, the water so they can see their reflections. And the young lion sees the old lion's reflection and its own and wakes up. Yeah? And so the old lion looks at it and goes, Roar, and it roars. Then it doesn't have to take a class or a workshop. It roars, yes? Never to be interested in sweaters again. Something like that. Everything changes dramatically. It doesn't take time. It was just a simple recognition of its nature. Yeah? And then from that point on, it was never confused about what it was. It never got caught up in cross-dressing to be a sheep or anything. It was very clear a lion. Yeah? Now what happens, though, with us, in a lot of ways is you take it in another vein of that story with the sheep. And here we are, seemingly sheep, 
and we get interested in some of the qualities of being a lion-like. Yeah? We fell upon a book, and it sounds pretty good, especially from the sheep's point of view. I won't have to take any more shit from people like that. I could rip their throats out, you know. So I like the qualities of lion. So maybe a couple of those sheeps get together, and they find some old pictures of lions, and they put them in a room like this, and they read the books, and they have you know, like roaring lessons and, and they they have candles and they oh, this is the great old lion, yes. And they try to practice being a lion, yeah. And uh, and then they're very noble and very sincere, yes. And they're trying to be but they'll never be a lion because they're already identified as a sheep, yes. All they the best they can do is become like a lion, which will be just like everything else that becoming is. Never completed, always an activity. Always an activity self-inclaims every step of the way. Yes? If the mind gives it a nobility, it's even worse. If you think this is more important than, let's say, dishwashing, than any activity concerning that area, there'll be more uh, identification as selfing with that. Yes? So the desiring to become continues, continues, continues. The thing is, the whole point is you're not a sheep. Yes? The whole thing is, is the question what's taken to be so, and if it's not so, the whole game changes. Becoming will be seen as an impediment to being. Time will be seen as having no consequence to, to your state. None whatsoever. None. You are of timeless nature. Yes? Things will look totally different. And that will make a big impression on mind. And that impression will seek expression. And it will seek expression through this. And your life will travel lighter. Yeah. As simple as that. You're not a chosen one. You're not special. You're not unique. It's just a possibility that becomes a probability when it's taken out of the sky of selfing. In selfing, there are very limited possibilities, and they're all drenched in time. There's never a sense of okayness now, it's I will be okay. There's always something that's going to have to do something to get something. Immediacy cuts it. Time will not cut time, but timelessness saves time. I've seen some people here, and they're looking better than ever, yeah? They're entertaining these little ideas, and their lives are a great example of traveling lighter, yeah? without much thought and effort on their part. And they just, information was introduced, things get entertained, and they seek expression. That's what happens, yes? Every impression seeks expression. Questions today?
See, over these last few days, I get more subdued. Eh? It's, it's the music, yes. Usually it's very intense, but then it sort of gets subdued, which is nice. So actually, it's, it's easier on the body anyway, so it's great. <laughs> when it's really bright, it gets a little heavy duty after that. <laughs> this is nice sitting here. It's, it's <laughs> I have to get some of your CDs. Before I do, we'll start playing it before the talk. <laughs> we did one where there was chanting. It was great. I just It was hard for the alcoholics, though. They were stuck in the room, and they're like, everyone's going, Har, you know, Krishna or someone. They're like, wow. <laughs> Shutting down. <laughs> Nice to be open to possibilities, yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot of ways to wash yourself. <laughs> so I'm going to try these new things. I'm going to use your little poem, and I'm gonna, that's going to be good. <laughs> I don't have any people to lose. Not many people come, so. <laughs> I don't have to worry about losing any. <laughs> that come can't not come so <laughs> I don't they're like guaranteed so Contract, yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a sort of like a circus animal. Right. Got to be four hours. You don't get more of this by more of it. Yeah, it's more of a catalyst. Yeah, it's an invitation. Repetition is valuable. I feel fine. It's like using a poison as an antidote. Repetition is good, but thank God it's not like a giant 800-page treaty to have that repeated. It's a simple invitation. In a sense, you're not that. Yeah? Not saying you are that because it doesn't work for me that way. It's you are not that. Just find out what you're not, and that will be what you are. Yeah? But finding out what you're not will reveal what you are. Yeah, because, yeah? It's not like it's something separate. It's not like, all right, I'm not that, and therefore I must be this. No. It's the seeing what I'm not is what I am. Yeah? It'll be very direct. It doesn't take any time. Once you see what you're not, you are that. And you've always been that. Yeah? Yeah. It's very fast. And if it seems not to stabilize, then have the message repeated. Listen to it. Hear it. Join a company of truth, right? This is what satsai means, association with truth. And then somebody who met, and maybe a few people in that room may be sitting in the certainty of it. It could change. But that certainty will be the polarizing force. The energy will vibrate well there. Yeah? It's all it needs is certainty of mind. And it affects the space, yeah? And the certainty of mind doesn't, isn't, is not necessarily held by one person. It's held by, it could change around, yes? But it's that certainty 
that vibrates. That's the message. Yeah? The me- this is just a conceptual envelope. The message, when you open it up, is nothing. You won't recognize it. It is no thingness. You will not see it. You won't be able to have it. You can't reread it. Yeah? You can't hide, you know, put it in the library. It's a living little... It's like almost being introduced to a virus, in a sense. Yeah? The virus is introduced, and then, then the, 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 the false, let's say, uh, construction of selfing gets eroded from the inside out. Yeah? You don't blow it up, but it just collapses. You see it for what it is, which it is, it is not you. It's just anthrax. a mental activity. Hmm? It's an anthrax. Uh, it's an anthrax, exactly. Yeah, so. It'll kill you. Yeah. Would it be too much to ask? Like, uh, I'm sure everybody, all, everyone here knows that, like, uh, you know, your background and stuff, but uh, like, I wasn't really sure. Maybe if you had, if you need to be equipped, like, uh, on, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, Well, I didn't become anything, remember that. But if you want to know the story of it, yes. The story of it, yes, yes. I would say I was overwhelmed when I was nine. My grandmother, who brought me up, and my father died the same year, a couple months apart, which I blacked out my grandmother's death because she was like the goddess of all goddesses to me. And uh, I don't think my system could handle that. Yeah, I got overwhelmed. So at that point, the job of my head was basically to make things unreal because it would seem too real to me. Yeah. So I first did that with reading, you know, science fiction and Edgar Allan Poe stuff like that. Try to escape. Then I found alcohol. Yeah, when I was twelve. I started to escape with that, and then drugs came quickly, and the drug use accelerated. I became an intravenous drug user pretty young, and I um, tried to escape with that. Then I got introduced to spirituality, and wanting to know God was sufficient to stop me from using and drinking for about four years, from like 19 to 24. And I was with a guru from India, and... uh, I got terribly disappointed by that, seemingly, and then I went back out again. Yeah, and then that led me into some very bad consequences. I got run over twice in one night by a car, which is very hard to do. <laughs> run over twice in one night. <laughs> a guy hit me. He didn't know what he hit, so he backed up over me <laughs> to find out what he hit. <laughs> survived that, but I was very, uh, you know, it was just, I was having to escape badly, yeah? I had this sort of giant imperative to get out of my skin. So once I got out of the hospital, I did the same thing I used to do, got loaded and running around, and I ended up washed up in San Francisco, where I had to go into a two-year program because I couldn't live life on life's terms uncivilized. So 
These people told me what to do 24-7 for two years, and I thrived in that institutional setting. I did. When I left there, I uh, picked up again, went out on a 10-month run, ended up back where I was, which was pitifully incomprehensible demoralization. Pretty much finished, and I had a moment of grace where some kind of force entered the mind and shifted it sufficiently to cause me never to pick up another drug or drink again since that day, which was almost 24 years ago. Nothing else had been sufficient to cause that to occur. No human power, no judicial power, no consequences, no punishment, but something did. I would say it's nothing, really. And uh, in that, when I came out of that thick wrapping of saran wrap, things became clearer to my mind, to the mind. I went back to what I thought had interest in my life, which was spirituality. I started to meditate every day, religiously, practicing uh, Theravada Buddhism from Thailand and Burma. I had looked into Zen. I don't want, didn't want to go back into the guru thing. I just didn't feel that was good. And then I, what happened was uh, after about 11 years of sobriety, I don't know how it happened, but I was introduced to this idea that they now call Advaita. I don't, I think it's, I don't like that term because it's a negation really. It's not two, but and that's what happened. I heard the message, and then uh, my mind entertained it, and then it seeked expression of what it was entertaining through the big book of AA. Really, that's where I was from, recovery. So I started to, I was already leading workshops in recovery, but then this took me over, and so the workshops became very influenced by this message, yeah? So I left the nuts and bolts of doing things, and I just started entertaining the idea of that the root of the problem is the act of identification as what you're not, as self. Yeah? And the more I kept entertaining, the more downloads happened, uh, the more convincing, if you want to call it that. It's not, it's already convinced, but it gets deeper in a sense. And then I just, the, the workshops expanded and people outside of recovery heard about it after we did this website, and I started getting introduced to groups like this and speaking at them, but still coming from where I come from, the tribe of, a, of recovery, and that's what I've been doing. You know, it's like a seat assignment. If people ask me, I come. If they don't, I don't. I don't promote myself, and I don't, uh, you know, because I don't really care. <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, but, uh, so that's it. My mind has the ability to entertain, and it also has the ability to be convinced. And it is convinced of some certain facts in this life, which is any life run on self-will is not going to be successful. Self is what has defeated me, yes? And I'm not managerial quality. I'm not meant to be running the show. <laughs> it's just that simple. Now you can go there through inquiry or surrender, but it's the same place, yeah? 
So I, AA is a very big thing about surrender, and then a lot of non-duality is really about inquiring. So I have both combos, because I had the experience of surrender in AA, which you cannot learn. It has to be given you, to me. It was it was given to me. A surrender happened, and it was a regular day at the office. I did not surrender after I got hit by the car. There was no surrender that happened all the times I got shot at and arrested. None of that happened. It's happened at a regular day at the office, just drinking until I could get some drugs. And that the mind opened up, something came in, and that, whatever came in, its momentum has never left ever since it happened. Yeah? And it's just taken me where it's taken me. It's like a seat assignment. And, uh, but, you know, there is an ambition here to be of help. Yeah? I'd like to see people travel lighter. I really do. Especially when it's made up that they're not. <laughs> it just blows my mind. Yeah? If it was real, I could see it. But if it's, it's not real... The source of most people's troubles are coming from what's not happening, <laughs> which is not happening, you know. <laughs> so I really like, you know, it just makes clear sense to me, hey, if you can put the imaginary rock down, it won't seem so heavy. And because it's imaginary, it's really easy to put down, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you can, <laughs> it doesn't take any to lift it up, <laughs> you know, but what the hell. So that's, what I, that's what's happened with me, yeah? Yes, sponsor, and I go to more meetings now than I ever did. And every meeting I go to, I, I proclaim myself an alcoholic. I don't use the tricky way of, I'm a grateful member of AA, <laughs> so I don't have to say I'm an alcoholic. If you're truly not a person, you can say you're one every day. It doesn't mean a damn fucking difference. If you take yourself to be a person, you can say you're not one every day, and it doesn't make a damn difference. You'll be acting like one every day. It's the words are not the message. There's a lot of Pharisees of Advaita, or non-duality. They have the words down perfectly, but they're missing the spirit of it. Yeah? <coughs> Expression is sloppy. <laughs> yeah? It's what it does. But you're not that. And so, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. And actually, I go to more meetings now than I ever did. Because in the meetings of AA, I sense a loving God. That's how we name it. I don't sense it as a... Thing. But a loving God is expressing itself through our group conscience. It's the same point of satsang. What happens in the satsang association of truth? There's something that wouldn't be obvious to us individually is obvious to us together. Yes, that's all it is. And AA has that magic in it. There is a grace in AA. If you suffer from alcoholism or addiction, that grace can be found in AA. There may be other ways, but there is an ever-present grace in AA for that deep mental groove, that samskara called alcoholism, there is grace available through AA for that. I know it. I've seen it. I sense it. And it wasn't there before 1935. This is when AA was born. Before then, alcoholics were put away in hospitals, lobotomized, put up in an attic room. Oh, that's just Uncle Fred. Don't worry about him. Yeah? There was nothing they could do with it. Read the oldest stuff in the Old Testament, Psalms and everything. They're talking about winos. Yeah? They're un you can't, there's nothing you can do with it. Yeah? Now there is something. And since 1935, in this little time space, there's a solution. So if that's what you're suffering from, I'll tell you, open up to that. Because you can have relief from it. And then, and then, when that relief from all of these very, very pertinent demands 
are dismissed or chilled out a little bit, then the mind can be free to entertain these other possibilities. But to entertain these possibilities as a deterrent to the effects of the consequences does not work. It does not work. If your house is on fire, find a pail of water. It does not work to say there is no house and there is no fire. It doesn't fucking work. It's mind, conditional mind, trying to take advantage of something that it can't make anything out of. Yeah? So take care. If you can't see the condition you're in, ask other people to inform you of the condition. And be open to taking suggestions. Get the help you need. Get life, let life establish itself. Get a little bit chilled out. And then you'll have the nice foundation to sit at these meetings and entertain, not be ravaged by a huge desire to go get loaded after you leave here. Yeah. yeah. And the problem has the possibility of never existing for you again. And the way that happens is when it doesn't exist as you. It is truly identification as self, which is the original addiction. It's the original addiction of mind that's producing all the other things that we call addictions. Because when there's discomfort, there's an imperative to get relief. That is not going to be called off until relief is given. It's not. That imperative is going to keep pulsating until it gets something that brings it some sense of relief. That's called addiction. Yeah? The primary addiction is mind identified with a, of being a self. It's obsessed with the idea of being a self. That's the primary addiction. All other addictions stem from getting relief from that. Everyone's trying to get relief from self. But they're trying to get relief from self as self. It's a never-ending circle of addiction. Yes? Self can't get out of self. You have alcoholism. You have alcoholism. You have a strain of mind, a strain of self-centeredness, which is an extreme subdivision of self-centeredness. You have an obsession to drink, which uh, a substance that you're allergic to. When you drink it, it's like someone who eats strawberries and gets hives. Yeah. Every time they eat strawberries, they're going to get hives. No matter how many ways they want to twist it, they have a physical allergy to that. You are allergic to alcohol and drugs. If alcohol and drugs get into your system, it causes an incredible chemical demand to get more. And you don't have the willpower to fight it. Obviously. That has to be assessed and that has to be admitted to you, to your innermost self, so that something else can shift so you can get the help you need. We call it from a power greater than self. You cannot seek the solution to self from self. There's no solution in that. Alcoholism to me, right now, is like a big dog. In my life, it's asleep. Yeah? That big dog's asleep. I don't have to walk it. I don't have to feed it. You know, I'm not cleaning up after it. I got the run of my house. If I throw a bone at that thing, oh, what? let's just do a shot of Coke recreationally. <laughs> I'll just recreationally shoot some Coke tonight or something. I throw a bone that way. If that 
bone, sound of that bone, wakes up that dog, everything changes. Now that dog, I gotta walk, I gotta clean up after it, I gotta make excuses for its behavior, I gotta feed it, yes? All your attention and interest isn't gonna be able to rest in nothingness. You're gonna be busy in and as a thing, dealing with tons of consequences that are coming to the thing, yes? This is about putting your house in order so that you can entertain the guest. can save the guest and the master, both. Yeah? But if your house is not in order, you don't it doesn't work. I've seen enough people who had huge spiritual resumes. They're devout Buddhists, but they're still alcoholics. They're still fucking drinking and acting acting out crazy. They use temples as rehabs. They act outside, then they go back into the temple, put on the robes again, then they leave the temple, flip out, and go back to the temple. Yeah? This is a deep mental groove. It's a samskara. It's, and it's appearing in consequential level. You need consequences, you know, on that level. <laughs> You've got to do certain things. Yeah. A friend of mine keeps going in and out. He does not want to go into a program, and that's the only way it's probably going to work for him. So he keeps staying out of the program, gets the apartment, finds a job, acts out, loses the job, gets kicked out of the apartment. Then... He can't go anywhere else. He comes back into recovery, tries it again, but I'm not going to, I can do it on my own. I can do it in my own house. Gets another apartment, gets a new job. Three or four weeks later, he's fired from that job. On and on. It's been seven years now. Seven years. This cycle. Seven years. Jeez, you know. Seven years. On and on and on and on and on. He won't do the one thing that would probably work. He won't commit to a long-term program, so that 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 little pulse, that little momentum that goes comes up unimpeded would be impeded by the place he was in, yeah, by the people, by the the community, by the no one's getting loaded in this place. That may stop that from acting out, and maybe it would chill out over time. But if it keeps having free reign and pounding, just gets. It's just like, you ever see the movie Shining when, when uh, Jack Nicholson comes through the bathroom door at the end? Here's Johnny. That's what it's like. This little parasite sitting in you, and you got it, it's got full sway, and it just, at any time it wants, it just goes, here's Johnny, right through you. And then it goes away, and you're responsible for all the shit that happens. You go to jail, it doesn't. Yes, probably wrote. Yes. And you know what? It'd probably be the best thing that ever happened to you. Of course, your head would be thinking, I'm missing out on, on stuff. Yeah, like getting arrested and shot at. <laughs> you might be really happy being there. I loved, I thrived in Delancey Street. I was there two years. I thrived in there. I went to college. I ran the entertainment thing. I wrote all the, I got all the videos for the facility and wrote all the TV schedules. I had a lot of power. It was great. <laughs> These people couldn't get out. So when I went out to get the videos, they were, I was a big man on campus. I, what did you get? I said, it'll be on the board, you know, I'm not telling anyone what movies. <laughs> you got to drive and take me to the video stores. It was, but I had a chance to influence a lot of people, over 300 people. Wrote down all the scheduling, got the movies. I had my own little way of affecting people. And it, and it really was helpful because I had to consider a lot of people. Yes? 
and worked and worked. And I thrived in that institution. I did. The best I ever did in my adult life, basically, was when I was in an institution. Until something happened in recovery. And now, like, I'm a free-range alcoholic. I don't have to be institutionalized, you know. I can hang, I can live out here without uh, going crazy. Yeah, see, we're talking about, you know, this, there's no self. But then people, I think, hear it as if the self's going to get an advantage of that. Yeah? There is no advantage for self from non-self. <laughs> well, a lot of things you're calling are based on you aren't based on you. They're chemistry. They're the action. You have a disease called alcoholism of the brain and body. It has nothing to do with you, really. Yeah? Because when you entertain there's not a you, doesn't mean this doesn't have alcoholism. It has alcoholism. Yeah? And if that alcoholism is untreated, it's going to make a big splash out here. Yeah? And you, <laughs> all your attention and interest, is going to be forced to pay attention to the jail cell. Yeah? <laughs> and to this and that. Yeah. <laughs> People get wild ideas as if they're going to be freed because they think it was because of them that they're bonded. There is no you. This has certain imprints that are expressing. Some of them are what you would call diseases of mind and body. They are continually wanting to express. Yes? The thing that allows it to be traveling lighter over it is that it's not you. You are not that which is expressing. This is just an opportunity for expression. Yeah? Just like alcoholism took you over, it expresses all of itself through you. Yeah? Now, something shifts, some other aspect of mind expresses all of itself through this. Yeah? You're neither that nor this. You're just the possibility of mind expressing. That's all it is. It's seeking expression. It can't take form, so it takes form through this form. It, takes, it has an effect here through this form. just a day at a time, bro. Go in, get, take, allow something to set up where you're taking care of, yeah? And then see what's revealed as that occurs. Yeah? Don't forecast any results, because you don't have a clue what's happening. You don't. Need, none of us do. But stay in the, let's say, the I don't know mind, and then you'll find out. Yeah? But put, I would say, really, put yourself in a situation that's somewhat controlled, where their emphasis is not to you. Yeah, yeah. That would be my humble suggestion to it. Yeah. So, any other questions? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. And I'm like, oh my God. And then, you know, you're like, and then it goes away. But just this, can maybe you can talk about what, you know. Maybe we'll do that later, but I'll talk to you. You just need a ground. Like for me, if it gets too much, eat something. Yeah. Something. Attend to the body and, and lock in a little bit. Yeah. She's having a lot of energetic movement, yes? Her mind is shook up, and so the energy is really moving. And a lot of times the energy has a tendency to want to go out, out, out. And it's a nice thing to learn how to ground it, yeah? You eat some food or something like that. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. But the fact is what you are isn't going anywhere. The fear is what is about what you're not going somewhere. Well, what you are ain't going anywhere. Yeah, so. The fear, again, is, a, is like an incitement to become, yeah? To become the one who's afraid. That's what it is. No, it's, just, it's just because it's unknown. It's, yes, you know, yeah. anything that's like unknown, you're just like, hmm, what is it? Yes, yeah. yeah, well, I'll talk with you later about it, yeah. But uh, you find something that works. For me, it was eating. It's like sometimes when I used to do the talks, it could get very, you know, energetic, yeah? And also a lot of energy coming through. But it would always help to I grind by eating ground, you know, later. You just eat some food and it seems to keep me here. So, yeah. Any other questions? Yes? It's not, the mind knows, yes? It knows already. 
It's got complete knowledge of its own nature available. It needs every once in a while, because of the interest and attention being so absorbed in all of this, it tends to seem to forget. It doesn't forget, but it seems to forget. It acts out. So a catalyst every once in a while just triggers that knowledge. Yeah? I am that. For me, it's I am not that, and that's I am. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> Welcome aboard, bro. I can see it in your look. You got you bit off too much than you can chew. You're already yeah, in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been the center of my universe. My <laughs> and the whole idea that uh, you know Mont Center is really something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got a lot of support, bro. Seriously, there's a lot of support. Yes, there is. Well, you know, no one's asking to get out of it. That's the beautiful yeah. news. We're asking, are you in it? <laughs> this, there is no, we're, we're not selling plans of how to get out. We're, we're bypassing that. Yeah. This is prior to maps. We're saying, are you in? <laughs> if you're not in, what's the need for a map to get out? <laughs> and then if someone is in something, there's some maps that have already been made. They're not our maps. They're recovery maps and other maps. Yes, follow them. Yeah, yeah, they'll work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it, eh? Did, uh, did everyone get enough time? Are we fulfilled? My contract, yeah? Yes? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, thank you very much, everyone, for coming. And, uh, this, so I want to point out this lovely woman in the back and this gentleman, one of our cult members' parents, <laughs> she actually has met Nizagadatta Maharaj, who is a very big, a very big, uh, let's say, imp- inspiration of this whole movement called Advaita or non-duality. Uh, he, was a, he was a man who lived in Bombay, sold cigarettes, and he has a famous book of, trans- of transcriptions of talks he did called I Am That, and a lot of other books, and a lot of people who do these things, type of things, hold this man on a very high level. And uh, very, you don't meet people that have met him before much. Yeah? They're usually passed away or not. They're in India. So I just was, it made my whole weekend because I really always liked Nisargadatta Maharaj. He's a wild guy if you don't see his things. He's not one of those peaceful, see, like this. He's very animated, very, uh, like this. You out. You knew this. Very good. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a, some, so, it's just a wonderful, it's a nice gift to have someone here that actually knew that. Uh, maybe someone else that happened, yeah, so, all right, well, we're over, eh? Of course we're not, but we're over, yes, yes. Hey, thanks, and we'll be here Monday night, tomorrow night, if you want another little thing, or say goodbye to me or something. <laughs> Whatever could move you to come. Yeah, this is a very sweet little event. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you, Donna. Yeah. You look so sad. Yeah, no, I know. I'm sorry. She always gets worked on. Oh, no. Everybody's having bloody heart attacks. What's going on? No, 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 no. Well, yeah.
Thank you. 